Hello everyone, today I'm talking to Nicolas Durand and Nicolas, the reason why I was so excited to talk to you is because on the one hand you've already accomplished quite a lot with Avionic and on the other hand I got the sense that you still have a very large vision. So in one way you can already teach us a lot of how to go to where you are and at the same time it is, although your challenges might be a lot bigger than most other people's challenges, it is still kind of relatable. So maybe we can start with what you do with Avionic and where you want to go. Okay, so thank you. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, first, I'm not going to teach you anything. I just want to share my experience <laughs> and, to, and to explain how we came to the idea of Avionic mm -hmm. and why we developed the company in that direction. Um, so maybe just to start, uh, I always wanted to become an entrepreneur in the sense that uh, when I was a kid, uh, a kid, I, I always wanted to create something big and to and to have my dream uh, accomplished. So when I was 14 years old, I started by founding a small company based in the IT. Uh, it was a great experience, and then I realized that my dream was really to uh, have the Silicon Valley uh, uh, startup uh, dream and. For that, you need to have some good studies. So that's why that's the reason why I decided to go to EPFL, and uh, we uh, I did a PhD for that specific reason, in the mm -hmm. sense that I wanted to have access to a technology that I can use for potentially uh, change the world, and that's what I, I found with the nanofluidics. Mm -hmm. So basically, I had to study to study the, the the fluids at the nanoscale. And then I got the idea of producing rapid diagnostics and based on a very small amount of blood, so meaning that we can use our test based on a drop of blood. Mm -hmm. So we decided to develop the most, the world's most rapid diagnostic platform, a little bit like the Nespresso machine. <laughs> That's a great example. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and now I heard in one interview that you are aiming to become the new Novartis. That's true. That's always the, the big dream for entrepreneur is to build something sustainable uh -huh. that can really make sense for people's life and that uh, is making people work uh, in, in a full area. So we see things big. Uh, in the same time, we know that we have some limitations. So in mm -hmm. the sense that our technology cannot do everything. We cannot mm -hmm. make diagnostics for whatever the disease or whatever the, the case. So we also know that we are going to focus on different fields. Uh, the first one we have developed was the allergy diagnostics, uh, aiming to provide allergists with a, a platform where they can decrease the time of, uh, of the consultation and making sure that the patient has identified the reason and the source of the allergy and to make sure that the treatment is, uh, is provided uh, as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And now we are also developing an emergency care panel containing uh, a, a sepsis test. Mm -hmm. And the goal here is really to disrupt the, the, the world of the hospital's uh, patient triage mm -hmm. and the emergency room, because today you know that you might have to wait three hours before the first physicians come and see you and, and give you, uh, uh, or let's say put the diagnostics or, what is going wrong. And here we have the potential to detect sepsis very early on. So mm -hmm. we can really detect if there is an, emer an emergency to give an antibiotics and to send the patient to the ICU, the intensive care units, uh, for the follow-up. So it's a really a life-saving uh, mm -hmm. platform that we are developing there. Oh, okay, that is really cool. And um, so when people start with their own business, I think lots of them are 
don't really dare to dream big or lots of people always have this mindset of who do you think you are that you can do this and it's probably also very easy to get held back by other people who don't dare to dream big as well so how did you did you have those problems or how did you overcome no, sure, them? of course and typically when you are doing the studies in the area of Lausanne uh, the culture is always to look for a safe job You know, mm -hmm. So you have big companies, fantastic companies that are looking for the great talents. They are proposing high salary, comfort, security. And mm -hmm. you might be just looking to those companies and not being confident that you can do something on your own. And when I decided to start Ebionic, the challenge for me was really to, to, to decide what happens if I fail. Because mm -hmm. the probability of failing is extremely high. And then I realized, okay, how... I am going to, to put my career in danger. I am going to be a loser <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> What will be the perception for people? Because we know that uh, in Switzerland, it's not like in the Silicon Valley. If you failed, you, you are considered as, as a failure and not as a, as a potential new uh, uh, entrepreneur that has now learned from his failure. So. It's, it's, it's a very challenging situation. Uh -huh. And then when you, when you make the step of deciding, okay, I can assume to lose or I can assume to fail, mm -hmm. then you can just succeed and, and do what you, what you need to, to go to that success. Yeah, I think that is a great answer. And I noticed that lots of people have, maybe some people don't have this kind of sense of self-value that, that they are not a failure, but their project has just mm -hmm. uh, failed. So I think this is an important thing to just pay attention to and kind of like remove yourself from, or your identity from your work maybe. Yeah, self-confidence self is one of the key criteria for entrepreneur mm -hmm. because you are going to face during the, the journey, you are going to face thousands of people mm -hmm. who will just try to smack you down <laughs> to smash <laughs> you down in the sense that they are going to challenge your business to challenge you as a person to challenge your technology you mm -hmm. are you're going to face and i remember when i was pitching at Bionic in the early days uh, people were just standing in the in the room saying like you cannot do that you you it's, it's a lie you know and you have to <laughs> prove them that it's not the case that your technology is working that you are going to disrupt the world Mm -hmm. but, but if you are not self-confident, then mm -hmm. you have thousands of reasons to, uh, to stop it, you know? So that's, that's a key criteria. Yeah. So when you applied for um, money or whatever, I, I just talked to a professor who was, um, who was really great in his field. And um, he said, well, you don't see all the grants that I applied for that I didn't get. So um, if it is not too inappropriate to ask, how high is your success rate in terms of applying for something and then getting it? So typically with Avionic, we have the record in Switzerland of the number of awards mm -hmm. uh, for a startup company. We have oh, more wow. than, uh, now we are almost at 24 awards. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. It represents almost 1 million Swiss francs in terms wow. of, uh, of, uh, of non-diluting funding. And it's a great success uh, on, on that point. But as you said, for these 24 awards, we have applied to more than 100. And, <laughs> okay. and of course, we are not discussing about all the, the, the others that we didn't manage to get, but it doesn't, it doesn't count at the end. You, know? you yeah. want to leverage on the one you received. And, and the key uh, factor to get uh, an award uh, is to make good due diligence on the right time mm -hmm. to apply for the right award. Meaning that some awards, some, they are 
recognizing an idea. Some others are recognizing the creation of a company. Some others are recognizing a, a sales success. Mm -hmm. If you are applying to the later one when you are at the beginning of the story, you have no chance. You know? yeah. So there is a right time to apply. And then there is a lobbying to do with the jury members. You have mm -hmm. to identify who is going to decide mm -hmm. and to make sure that your project will be one of the key projects they are going to, to push forward. Uh -huh. So that's really a, a long-term work you have to do every time you are applying to an award. And do you have any um, strategies of communicating? I noticed in a few interviews that uh, you were like are not trying to use the word to try, like instead of we are doing this and then we are trying to do. So I thought maybe you're putting a lot of thought into how you uh, speak. No, I mean, it's, it's, communication is something I like. Uh -huh. And uh, I think this is extremely important to communicate mm -hmm. because the more you communicate, the less doubt you, you maintain in people's minds, whatever mm -hmm. they are. It can uh -huh. be collaborators of your own company. It can be the startup community in Switzerland. It can be your customer. It can be, uh, you know, communicating with potential partners. For, for all these reasons, you need to communicate a lot. Uh -huh. We decided with the company, and that's an extremely important point, to be transparent and mm -hmm. to explain the magic behind our technology from the very first day. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the opposite is Terranos that you might have heard of, uh, who is another startup company in Silicon Valley that turns very badly because they created a big secret about their uh, technology. They raised a lot of funds based on that. And when the technology was not uh, fulfilling the, 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 the promises, uh, then everybody was very disappointed. So we mm -hmm. decided to be very bad magician, magician and to explain the technology to make sure that people understand uh, how it can mm -hmm. be possible and then to communicate a lot about that. So our communication strategy is, is, a, is a complex one, but we have social media uh, communications. It's not a B2B uh, strategy because we don't have any customers that are using the social media for, um, for, for using our product or ordering. It's rather to be known and to, to be alive uh, within the community and within the people. Uh, we are communicating through the standard media every time we have something to, to communicate. It might be an award, it might be uh, a, a clinical trials results, it might be a, anything that makes sense from, uh, for, the, for the public. And we have our own uh, internal communication channel as well because I want my, my collaborators to be motivated and mm -hmm. to be confident that we are not hiding anything to them. So again, we are very transparent on that. Okay. Yeah, I really like this kind of honest approach of uh, yeah, really explaining your technology. There is, again, there is uh, millions of reasons where we can fail. Uh -huh. But if I'm transparent and if I'm confident that what we are doing and what we are developing is, is making sense, mm -hmm. then for which reason should be, uh, not be transparent? You know? mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, it gives some, uh, some tricks to our competitors. And, but it, okay, the, the market is big. There are places for many different competition devices. I'm not mm -hmm. afraid about that. It's, mm -hmm. it's more, I'm feeling more comfortable into that strategy. Yeah. And now that we are talking about failure, in another interview, you mentioned that you never had like a big failure and that you've always stopped before you failed. And I would like to get a bit more into this because I don't think that there are many people who are saying, okay, this approach is going to fail. I will continue, continue exactly that way. It is more like identify or like probably you have a certain <coughs> mindset that allows you to stop earlier. No, but you know, in, in startups, the big advantage we have over 
let's say, bigger companies, mm -hmm. is our ability to be flexible and mm -hmm. our agility to pivot and change our strategy quite fast. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> of course, we do some mistakes and, of mm -hmm. course, we had some failures. But we never had a big one mm -hmm. because we were always identifying the problems <clears throat> and taking the right decisions to avoid continuing and being into that uh, situation. And that's mm -hmm. the key. Yeah. You know, you, you, you might fall and you mm -hmm. are falling all the time, mm -hmm. but you don't have the right to stay uh, on the floor. You know, <laughs> you need yeah. to jump up and to continue moving forward. And failure is also something you can learn from the others. Uh -huh. You know, uh, in Switzerland, we are quite good of having a good microsystems, uh, oh, ecosystem, sorry, of, uh, of entrepreneurs. And you, yeah, when you discuss with other entrepreneurs, you exchange experiences, you learn from them. Uh -huh. And then you learn also from, the, from their failures. And you can avoid to do the same. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something we have as a mindset. Uh -huh. uh, of course, we do failure, but of course, we try <laughs> to not being stuck in, uh, into that space. <laughs> One thing that I also come across um, very often lately in other podcasts is that people talk about this bias of when you've already invested a lot of time and effort and maybe money into something that they say, we've invested so much now, let's keep doing this. And I guess this is something that is really um, fatal when you are in the startup world. Mm -hmm. So is it something that you're also paying attention to, to this mindset? Yes, of, of course, um, of course. There is a dynamic uh -huh. when, when you start, you know that you cannot stop it easily. Uh -huh. But in the same time, you need to draw a red line mm -hmm. and to keep that red line always in mind. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's, it's so easy to go and to make illegal stuff or to, to go into unethical stuff just because you want absolutely to go until the end. And I think it's important to, to be pushing as hard as possible, but still to have a red line that you know you will never cross. And typically, I, come, I came back to the Terranus example, they crossed the red lines many times. And for us, it's, it's mm -hmm. a great case because it remembers all the time what we have to avoid, <laughs> you know? Because, again, we want to have a success, but not at all price, you know? Mm -hmm. you, you, you need to make it for the good reasons with the, with the right development. Mm -hmm. So do you have this red line also very um, public in your company or something? Or what is your... So the, the red line typically in our case in diagnostics is mm -hmm. that you, we, you never want to make the people have in danger. So mm -hmm. I cannot say we are never going to give a bad uh, results because we are in a field where it happens all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. But not only us, I mean, all the, the laboratories, nobody can guarantee 100% accuracy test. It, it just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But you never want to be in a position when you know you are putting the people have in danger. That's mm -hmm. typically one of the red lines we never want to cross. Mm -hmm. Another one was typically when we were looking for money, because this is a, a project that costs a lot, we knew that we never want to use uh, money coming from somewhere when we have a doubt about the, the let's say, the cleaning of the money or, or, or things ah, like that. So okay. we wanted and we worked with our bank to make sure that the money was clean and that we are not uh, using something when we can regret afterwards. Ah, that is something that has never even occurred to me because I'm naively always thinking that all money is clean. No, no, actually we have been contacted by many people and I say, when I say many people it's more than, uh, than four different instances of people that were doing uh, money laundering. And oh, really? uh, we have been denunciating those cases but of course 
you, when you imagine so many options, mm -hmm. you know and that most some people might be interested just to, to take the opportunity. So ah, wow. It's, uh, it's happening everywhere. Oh, wow. So um, I guess people won't go to you and say, okay, we are doing money laundering. So yeah, what so is usually a sign? Typically in that case, people that was people coming from abroad, mm -hmm. uh, requesting typically in some case to go to Italy or to go to the UK or whatever. And you go there and they give you the money in cash and uh, then you use the money and then uh, you, have, you are supposed to give them the money back uh, at one point, you know. And that's, oh, wow. <laughs> and that's something typically for us that was a red line we never mm -hmm. want to cross so of course we were not going forward this with the process but again if we if we had so many options it means that it happens at least once you know for, for others so <laughs> <laughs> yes well wow, i'm really surprised by that like i said i live in my naive world where i get my money only from the atm so yeah. Um, yeah, and another thing that you mentioned was that you at some point had five mentors. And the thing is that I only noticed that people say they have mentors when they've already achieved quite something or that seems to be like a huge gap. So could you maybe first talk about what is the value of having a mentor in general? So in, in Switzerland, we are quite good for having access to coaching and mentoring. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, uh, I was keen when I was a young entrepreneur uh, without any experience to be coached by someone who has some experience mm -hmm. or something to bring. So I applied to almost all coaching and mentoring program that was existing in the area. Mm -hmm. And as you said, at one point I had up to five coaches at the same time, which was mm -hmm. too much, basically. <laughs> but again, I think it's very valuable if it's on a short period of time mm -hmm. and if you make clear the rules of your relation with the coach and the mentors. Typically mm -hmm. in my case, I said, okay, uh, I want to share with you uh, my, my, my journey and I, I would like ideally that you share your experience with me, but mm -hmm. I will stay the one that will take the decision at the end. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't want you to be frustrated if I'm not following your advices or if I'm not following your similar experiences. I just need to be challenged. I just need to to think about it, to get an insight about your position, your perspective. But at the end of the day, don't be frustrated if it's not what you recommended, uh -huh. because um, the case is different. You know. So some of them that was really working well, and for some others, I had to stop because you know, for the coach, it's also if you if you look in their perspective. It might be seen as a lose of time if you are coaching someone that is not following your, your recommendation. <laughs> so yes. It's of course, uh, you, you need to be coaching for the, for, for the good reason. Yeah, this would have been my next question. What is the value for the mentor? So why do people even do this mentoring thing? Again, I think the mentor is, is doing that for the, for the give back uh, uh -huh. mindset. I think they are, they are happy to help a young entrepreneur mm -hmm. to, to share it with them. But again, for them, it makes sense only if there is an alchemy with the entrepreneur and that the entrepreneur is influenced by the mentor in a positive way and is achieving some goals without doing some mistakes. Mm -hmm. So again, you, you never know until you try and I recommend to, to try coaching and mentoring. But again, if it's not working, just change uh, <laughs> and look for someone else. It's, it's, yeah. it's like that, as simple as that. Ah, okay. So uh, when I heard people talk about mentors, I always thought it was more like an organic relationship that is developing outside of this mentoring or coaching program. So how would you recommend to approach 
a mentor if it is not um, within those programs? So I think there is two, two different uh, points uh, there. Once you want to have a mentor or a coach to get advices and to get uh, a relationship based on, on the sharing experience, and the second layer will be the network of those mm -hmm. people. If you are expecting those people to open your doors, you don't need to have a mentor, right? Oh, okay. You need to have a relationship with those people. Uh -huh. So I think this is two different things. And mm -hmm. uh, if you want to have access to the network of someone, you don't need, again, to, to, have, it, to have him or her as a coach or as a mentor. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I see. What was the best advice that you got from a mentor? I think the best advice is, uh, I received from my mentors was the go on attitude, whatever the situation is, you know, because mm -hmm. you are feeling very alone when you mm -hmm. are the entrepreneur and when you are building and, and, and having the wave of, the, of your project. And sometimes having someone who say, okay, I understand what you are living because I, I had also a similar experience, but don't stop it right now. Continue and go on with the... Uh, with the force because it will pay at one point. That's mm -hmm. the kind of advices that is very worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Moreover, from people that have similar experiences. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was always, and I'm still always looking for learning things. And mm -hmm. uh, as I'm an engineer and I'm a, a geek, <laughs> I prefer <laughs> to learn technical stuff. But mm -hmm. you, you're right. You, you, the day you decide that you want to stop learning things, mm -hmm. then you what is the purpose of your life, you know? What, why are you continuing to, into that direction? It doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. And um, so you also mentioned that you have a family and I guess a lot of work. So are you, do you have any healthy habits that make your lifestyle and your amount of work sustainable? Yeah, so just as a priority, uh, I decided that uh, my family is on top. Mm -hmm. And when I say my family, it's my wife, my two kids, and I consider my company as my family as either. So uh, that's really my top priority. Then, in, uh, just uh, uh, above, I have my uh, my hobbies or my life balances, and I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love to pilot planes and to do aerobatics. So that's mm -hmm. the best way I have to to uh, free my mind and to and to and to get on that. And then you have the health <laughs> coming afterwards, and um, yeah, in that in that part, I'm trying to do sometimes uh, sport, uh, not as often as I wish, but that's not the best part of uh, of my life balance. The most important part is really the family, mm -hmm. and uh, the balance I have into that part is that uh, when I, I come back home. I'm really 200% for my kids and my wife, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when my kids are in the bed and my wife is watching something on TV, then I have the time just next to her to do some emails and to continue working. But my presence is at home with mm -hmm. them. You know, it's okay. not about uh, doing, working all the time at the job and you put your family aside. Oh, okay, yeah, I love this advice. It's important and you need that to, because a startup is not a sprint, it's mm -hmm. a marathon that you do with the rhythm of a sprint. <laughs> so it, it's important to continue on not having a problem with the family because if the family is going wrong, if you go to the divorce and if you are losing your kids, then the, the company has no chance to succeed as well. So mm -hmm. you need to balance that. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. So to conclude this interview, um, could 
Do you maybe have three advice for someone who is just about to start his own business and has a few doubts or doesn't really dare to continue? So my best advice is just try it. You know, uh -huh. just just do it. Because again, if you are not doing it, you will have regrets all your life. Uh -huh. You might be starting something else in 10 years, okay. But if you are not doing something that you feel in your stomach that mm -hmm. you can do, it's, it's, it's a wrong idea to, to look for the comfort and the security. Mm -hmm. Even if you failed, that's fine until you try your best to succeed. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you don't try, then you will have regrets and that's not good. Okay, yeah, I really love that. So, yeah, with that, thanks a lot. It Thank was you. a really great interview. So, <laughs> My yeah. Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>